0: Hey, everybody. This is Ed from the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm here with Scott. Hey, everybody. And we're going to do one of our famous whiskey short quick tastes. And we have a very interesting and exciting expression to try today for you. And Scott's going to tell you what that is. Yeah, thanks, Ed. We're going to get a little decadent
1: (laughs) on the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. We are trying today, for the first time, Widow Jane decadence. (laughs) Whiskey short. This is a blend of 10 year old straight bourbon whiskeys finished in maple syrup barrels. Oh, my God. Yes, please.
0: <laughs> a lot of people know that we belong to the local whiskey lounge in Mount Holly, and that's attached to the uh, local eatery and pub. And the first time that I walked in there, Lisa was bartending, and I sat down at the corner seat. She asked me what I wanted, so I said, hey, you make something that's different that you probably think I've never had before. Mm. And she made me a Manhattan with the Widow Jane Tenure regular. Uh. And so that's the first drink I actually had at the local
1: This was pre-Onders, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean That room didn't exist yet. Right, right. And I mean, she's an amazing bartender in her own right. She's a very good mixologist. And it was my first exposure to Widow Jane. And then Scott and I were able to taste it again at a tasting a few months later.
1: Yeah, episode three. We talked all about that.
0: But I've had Widow Jane very much, I would say.
1: No, um, it's one that I think if you're a bourbon drinker and you go to enough bars and enough liquor stores, you've seen it on the shelves, Widow Jane, but you probably haven't pulled the trigger on it or really know much about it. Just last night, our friend Sergio was at a whiskey tasting party. He was sending pictures of all the whiskey that he making us jealous that we couldn't enjoy. And this was one of them. I took a look at it, maple syrup barrels, and all I could think of was my favorite whiskey, Angel's Envy Rye, which is finished in Caribbean rum cast, but it has that maple syrup dominance to it. Right. And I said, uh, this whiskey is right up my alley. Then when I was at the liquor store getting stuff for uh, the episode that we're going to do after this, the cocktail episode, <laughs> but that will come out before this. So right
0: once again we're in the whiskey wormhole. <laughs> we're doing the future uh, before we do the past.
1: Right. So um so I saw it on the shelf and it was a little higher ex- expense between seventy five and eighty dollars. So That's th- right. we are taking a bit of a chance on this, but like we say, sometimes we need to take a chance.
0: Yeah. So it all starts with Widow Jane's signature ten year single barrel bourbon. Mm-hmm. The 10- tenure has switched from a single barrel to a small batch of five barrels. I heard the president and master distiller, uh, Lisa Wickman, talking about it in an interview. And um, so, I think that what we have here is the 10-year small batch finished in maple syrup barrels. Now, how many maple syrup barrels are used? I'm not sure. We have batch number one, bottle number 1910, Mm. and the date is 2020. So, let's say this is out of 2,000 bottles. We're way past five barrels, as far as I know. Well, barrels are usually around 150 to 175 bottles, depending on how much you proof it down and stuff like that. Um, this is coming in at 91 proof, which is the same as a 10-year, and the MASH bill is undisclosed by them because it's always been sourced, something that we'll get into in a minute. When I go to their website, Decadence, they said, there's no other words to describe this. We took some of our legendary 10-year-old bourbons and finished them in barrels that held New York's finest artisanal maple syrup, from Crown Maple. That's the company. And the result is a rich, creamy, smooth, and slightly sweet mouthful of whiskey flavor that is way beyond good. It's decadent.
1: Mm, I can't fucking
0: wait. (laughs) I know. Right. So let's talk about the distillery a little bit, Scott.
1: All right. So a little bit of history for Widow Jane. This is from their website. Widow Jane scours the country for the finest barrels of straight bourbon and rye whiskeys, hand-assembled right here in the Red Hook neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York. We bring these to you with non-chill filtration and proofed with a hard yet sweet pure limestone water from the legendary Rossendale Mines of upstate New York. We also distill every week in Red Hook using the finest non-GMO ingredients including corn varietals such as Baby Jane that are unique to us and that we have nurtured over many years. Rosendale's legendary mines include the Widow Jane Mine, now a historical site maintained by the Century House Historical Society and the inspiration for our name. And it was the limestone from these mines which were used to build the foundation of some of New York's and the country's greatest structures. The Brooklyn Bridge, the Empire State Building, the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty. Very dramatic. In addition, the Grand Central Terminal and the original <laughs> Federal Hall in Lower Manhattan, the Washington Monument, roads across America, and parts of the White House were made from the limestone from these mines.
0: So wait a minute, all the this- stuff down in Virginia, in Washington, D.C., they had to ship this limestone all the way down there. Well, that's what they're saying. Wow. I have no evidence to call bullshit, <laughs> uh, but well, I don't really don't know if they have quarries anywhere. In, I mean, I don't right? know.
1: Right. I don't know either. I don't know. Yeah. But we're not limestone experts. I
0: mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like it. We're why, barely whiskey experts. <laughs> I feel like that's why they said it, because I want to call bullshit, but I have no evidence. <laughs> right. like, like, I don't know where we got the limestone for all those buildings. Right. I mean, but all right. Good for them. So somehow all that limestone equals water. And that's the other part that I find difficult to understand. Water runs in there from the rain and then sits on the limestone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. These caverns were mined over the better part of a century then laid empty for so long. Over years and years, rainfall filtered down deep into the underground aquifers, combining to fill the mines with fresh, pure water that drew its own strength from the limestone that had cradled it. The result, a self-renewing source of unique sweet water, unusually high in mineral content, and thus perfect for making and proofing great whiskey. This water is our fingerprint and signature ingredient in all Widow Jane whiskeys.
0: I mean, I'll tell you right now, they really push the whole- The water. The water. Like, I know.
1: We both you, looked it up. and looked it up, and yeah.
0: the thing that I found interesting is that there is a little controversy. Uh-oh. When it comes to their water. And they came up in an article of all the misleading claims that bourbons do about their history.
1: Right. There's some fabrication you going know? on. Yeah. A lot of marketing.
0: And it basically says they get some of their water or a lot of their water from sources closer to their Brooklyn facility and not so much the 100 miles away at the mine. So there's a difference,
1: though, between using water for the distillation process and using it to proof already sourced whiskey down to the proof that you want it. Right. So in the research that I had done, they're not saying that they're using it for distilling. They're saying they're using this limestone water just for proofing down their sourced whiskeys.
0: Right. The same thing Sagamore does in Maryland with their sourced product right now until Mm -hmm. their product comes online.
1: And, you know, really, um, uh, they're probably pushing this because, I mean, the limestone water is a, a unique thing. It's what makes Kentucky a good place for urban distilling because they have lots of limestone water in their area. Correct. And they are sourcing it, so they have to make their product sound unique. So that's probably why they're pushing the water so hard.
0: Right. All right. So, one
1: just right before we get taste this, there's one more interesting thing that sure. I saw in upstate New York, in the area where those mines are Rosendale. Yes. There's a place called Joppenberg Mountain. Okay. The limestone found here is so tough, in fact, that it's essentially bomb-proof. And for that reason, originals and contemporary copies of the world's most historical documents, such as the Magna Carta and the Declaration of Independence, are stored here in the natural vaults.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. In Rosendale, it's stored up there? Yeah. The Magna Carta would probably go for in the $40 million range. Oh, it's priceless. Right. I mean, just saying if you could buy a yeah. hundred million for the original of the other ones, uh, it's bomb proof. You know, it's not bomb proof. You and I, <laughs> and I'm about to show you if we can get to taste it. So <laughs> looking at the, um, the whiskey, they, they say the color is copper. It looks almost like vermouth, sweet vermouth.
1: Yeah. This is one of the darkest whiskeys I think I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Like I said, it looks like a Manhattan almost. Yeah. With, in which you've used a lot of vermouth. We smelling? Yeah, I'm getting very traditional bourbon notes. Like mm-hmm. Caramel, vanilla, oak. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, nothing corn. nothing that would say that this was finished in maple syrup no, barrels.
0: No, I'm not getting any of the maple smell, which might be a good thing.
1: Right, because it's possible that it could be overwhelming.
0: I get no alcohol either. It's very alcohol low on the nose compared to some that we've had. It
1: is, and we're, we're also tasting it out of the neat glasses, right. which uh, dissipates that somewhat, but yes. Right.
0: tasting it now
1: oh my that's
0: really nice
1: Whew.
0: smooth sweet ah our friend called it a dessert whiskey and i see what he means now
1: yeah it has a thick mouthfeel thick and rich um i would dare say syrupy because it's <laughs> yeah. maple syrup finished but
0: gabe likes to say it's oily on the tongue oily i like yeah. to steal that from gabe yeah and i have to agree with that it's very thick on the tongue as i am ladies no i'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Add <laughs> that. With that appropriate. No, um, I'm leaving that in there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. So the flavor is completely different than the nose.
1: Yes. It's much sweeter than it smells. Mm.
0: I say Grand monet. I'm getting orange. Yeah. A light orange and cherry are finishing. It is spicy. They're spicy in the back of my throat, though.
1: It is. It's sweet on the front of the tongue and on your lips. And then in the back, you're getting a lot of, I don't know, wood spice? Is that like an oak spice? Because yeah. it's not really a rye spiciness.
0: Mm. I taste a little bit of rye. Mm. But let me focus on the finish now. Take it on a the sip.
1: There's so much vanilla and brown sugar. Mm. It's funny. I don't know if I taste maple syrup per se. But I mean, it's all there. It's all of that uh, five normal flavors of really intense bourbons. The maple, the brown sugar, the vanilla, cherry, and the wood spice.
0: The uh, Breaking Bourbon guys say that the finish has a soap-like oaky flavor profile. I'm not getting that. No, the finish basically says it's a weird mix of flavor. The dose of pepper is present along with a strange astringent taste that tickles the back of my throat. I don't get astringent.
1: No, astringent all. I don't. But. Interesting, so the website says that the finish is brown sugar, shortbread, mellow tobacco, and old whiskey, whatever that means. <laughs> but tobacco, yeah, that could be the astringent thing that he's talking about, and he, it's off putting for him. But like a mellow tobacco could be really pleasant tasting,
0: actually. Well, it's funny. Like, you know, I walked by someone smoking a cigarette yesterday. I was like, that's disgusting. It just smells terrible. But I've smelled someone smoking a really good cigar, and I remember my father used to smoke cherry pipe tobacco. So there's some right. tobacco flavors that are very appealing. So, I mean, when you say tobacco, your mind's going to go to different memories and thoughts.
1: Right. I'm going to put some water on this. Yeah, me too. Because uh, I feel like it needs to be where it's not so sweet. Because it is a little too sweet. Neat. Sweet, neat.
0: It doesn't get much less sweet on ice. Because what the ice does is it kind of takes the alcohol fire <laughs> right. down. <laughs> right. Smooths this out. It smooths. Smooths? It. Smooths. It out. It. It, it, it smooths. <laughs> it out. Why can't I say smooth? I don't know.
1: Smooths. Smooth. I know, frankly, it's not a very easy word to say. You just oh. have to say it
0: really quickly. And yeah, so it, it, it kind of smooths out the flavor. There you and, go. Um, it makes it less fiery. It's still sweet. After a nice meal, maybe like some, you know, some lasagna or something, a heavy meal, to sit back and have this, a dram of this would be very, very refreshing. To drink four of these in a night, I, I just have no desire to do that, And which is great because it's a $75 bottle of, of whiskey. Yeah. And so- I think that this is a treat, similar to how we would treat Angel Envy. Well, Angel Envy has a lot more fire than this and a lot more complexity.
1: Yeah, I think the decision to use the bourbon in the maple syrup barrels is what's giving it too much sweetness, whereas the Angel's Envy rye is rye. And you get all that contrast and complexity, where here it's sweet on
0: sweet on sweet. I like it better than, than I think Scott probably does because.
1: No, you know, I, I quite like it a lot, but I think you're right that this is not something that I will go to as sort of a session whiskey, if you right. will.
0: I'm right. I'm not walking to the bar and, oh, you got decadence. Let me have that first. Right. It might be my last drink of a night. Like, mm-hmm. let me end on it. Yes. Or, like I said, definitely though, if I was having a, a nice restaurant meal. Yeah. Remember those? When you actually got <laughs> to go out and be in the restaurant? What's a restaurant? So, down and have a couple courses and. Maybe you had a Manhattan to start, Mm. and then you had, you split a bottle of red wine with dinner with everybody. And then they're, you know, they're talking about dessert, and you say, Oh, should I have some Grand Marnier? Yes, exactly. No, you know what? No, bring me a Widow Jane Decadence. Yes,
1: that's is exactly how you would want to drink it. Yeah,
0: and I mean, this is something that I'll continue to enjoy as long as we possess the bottle, <laughs> but my only sadness is that I don't have the regular tenure next to it to compare.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah.
0: But that's a <laughs> another $75, that's, yeah. so that would make this $150 short, <laughs> and we have a whole episode that we have three different cocktails we're making, all high-proof expressions, so right. definitely tune in last week for that. <laughs> Because that's And if we did that first and then tried to do this, we would be absolutely shit
1: Right. We'd be really drunk by now.
0: So once again, to wrap this up, I'm glad that we started with this today. Um, I'll never start with it again. <laughs> but I could totally see myself sitting around going like, I want one more drink tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's have a little Widow Jane on the globe and call it a night.
1: Agreed. And contrary to my drinking of bourbons, usually, I like this with a lot of ice and water in it because yeah, it, me it, too. it makes it a lot less sweet, but it's still enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Hey, so if you have a couple dollars in your pocket and you're a deeper whiskey drinker or you like sweeter whiskeys. Yeah. Or your girl likes sweeter whiskeys. Sure. You know, and you want to treat her for her birthday or Christmas, or you're just rolling that large. This can be on the decanter every night <laughs> right by the bed. You know what I'm saying?
1: Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs>
0: so uh widow jane decadence give it a shot and uh thanks so much for tuning in stay safe out there drink responsibly which i don't know what that means during the quarantine because that pretty much means just wait until the
1: just wait till five and then tie one on
0: yeah i mean i'm proud of myself when it's five (laughs) take it easy later